Hello and welcome to this special edition of The Long View, the state of the podcast 2014. My name is Jeff Gamble. I'm the host of The Long View. And today I wanted to just do a quick recording, a little bit about the podcast and uh, where the podcast has been the past year, where I see the podcast going in the future, and uh, just kind of talk about uh, some things in general about the podcast and uh, the way things have changed and uh, what might be coming down the pipeline. So um, I did this last year and was really gratified to see how many people uh, both listened and commented and made suggestions and showed support. And uh, I was really grateful for that. Um, It was a, a really good experience for me as a new podcaster. And I thought, you know, I I haven't learned everything I have to learn, and uh, I haven't heard all feedback, and uh, there's always new ideas that are kind of rattling around in my head. And I thought, well, I'm going to do this again and see what happens. So uh, before we begin, um, I do want to kind of take a moment to uh, give a special uh, shout out to my sponsor, uh, Gamesurplus.com. Um, game Surplus is uh, uh, just a fantastic game store, and more importantly, uh, I really believe in, in Thor, and uh, I know I talk about him and his family a lot, and that's because uh, I've had the pleasure of, of meeting Thor and meeting his son, and um, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting his wife yet, but uh, or his other kids, but... Um, Thor is about the the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet, and um, the thing about him that that makes him, uh, I think, so so special, and that so many people don't know, is that uh, you know Thor works uh, you know a full time gig, a standard uh, full time job, and yet he somehow. Uh, he and his family, and this is why I always try to give his family credit uh, as well as as him, managed to run this uh, online game store, this large online game store, and they managed to do things uh, so quickly and so well. Uh, everything is always packed super well. Uh, I know when I order things from uh, other online retailers, I, I don't want to trash anybody, but you know, a lot of times their things are not packaged very well. Um, you know, I, I will mention Amazon. That's not the, the the one I was particularly thinking about. But like Amazon, you know, uh, God love them. They're, they're fantastic. They're huge. But, you know, things kind of get thrown in a box with a little strange, you know, piece of plastic kind of bubble thing and, uh, you know, shipped off to me. And a lot of times things end up kind of arriving dinged and dented. That never happens with uh, Game Surplus, uh, never happens with any of their packages. And, uh, you know, what Thor calls a ding and a dent always kind of cracks me up because, you know, most of the time I don't see anything wrong with the game. And yet, you know, he'll give you a discount. Um, so the speed uh, in which they get things shipped out, Despite the fact that that he has a full time gig, um, the quality of the packaging, the customer service, you know that I've talked about on the podcast before. You know, if I'm looking for something in particular, I can just shoot Thor an email, and usually, uh, I either hear back from him, uh, you know, really quickly, where he's like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll look for that for you, or I'll hear back, yep, I found it, or you know, something like that. And then before I know it, usually it's on its way to me. So uh, I'm very lucky that I live in the same state. I'm not lucky because I got to pay sales stacks, but (laughs) I'm lucky in that I live in the same state and I'm relatively close to him. So uh, sometimes I get stuff within a day or two. So it's, it's kind of crazy, wonderful for me. Um, but you know, his, uh, his prices are fantastic. And, I, I sometimes wonder like what his margins are, and you know I'm never going to ask him that because I think that would be rude. But I, I think a lot of times I, I wonder like does he just do this for just kind of the love of of gaming? Because um, 
you know, he really does such a fantastic job, and his prices really are great. I mean, they're they're often lower than Cool Stuff, um, you know, and Cool Stuff has great prices themselves. And so, um, you know, I know his margins must be razor thin, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm always grateful to him for uh, the support that he gives to me, uh, but also to the hobby in general, and that's kind of the point I'm trying to make here. Uh, I've had a chance to talk with a few other people, and, you know, they, they kind of have the same story that I do about game surplus. So, um, you know, I, I didn't, the podcast episode here, you know, don't worry, is not going to be, uh, you know, a 30 minute commercial for game surplus. But uh, I did want to kind of start off with that because uh, they are my official sponsor. And uh, I do really uh, uh, think Thor and, and his family are just great quality people. And I appreciate what they do for us in the hobby by offering us a great selection of games at great prices with great customer service. So uh, I just wanted to start off with that. Um, I know I probably embarrassed Thor if he's listening to this, but, you know, that's all right. Anyway, so the podcast, right? Where are we? Where are we going? That kind of a thing. I'm using the royal we. I don't know why. Um, Here's the thing. Uh, I think the podcast has been going well. The subscription numbers seem to kind of verify that. Um, They've been going up slowly but surely. Um, and that's been really gratifying to see. Uh, I'm aware that my podcast uh, is a niche audience, um, and that that was kind of tough for me to kind of understand when I first started. Uh, I was kind of expecting to see, you know, this huge explosion of you know subscription numbers. I kind of thought to myself, okay, if I put out a podcast and if I'm consistent and I put out on a you know, pretty regular schedule where people can kind of know that I'm not going to flake out on them and they're going to hear something every two weeks and uh, hopefully it'll be something that they enjoy. I thought, okay, you know, this, this, this'll, it won't take me too long to develop a, you know, a, a nice, really big following. And, um, that hasn't that kind of explosion that I initially anticipated didn't happen, but the slow, steady growth has been really nice. And one of the things that's kind of been really gratifying for me is that I've really kind of gotten to know a lot of the people who are subscribers. You know, they'll post comments, they'll post questions, and so I've gotten to kind of know them. I think a lot better than um, you know a larger podcast might have. Um, I still generally try to take the time to make a comment whenever someone writes in because, um, you know, quite frankly, I kind of feel like my podcast is small enough that I can usually do that. I can find the time. And, you know, I know for people like, uh, you know, Tom Vassell and uh, over at the Dice Tower, you know, if he were to try to personally respond to every comment that anybody makes about one of his many, many shows, you know, he wouldn't be able to get anything done. Um, I kind of feel like, okay, everything is still manageable for me. I still get enough um, you know, feedback from people that I know people are listening, which I really appreciate, uh, especially after that, that first state of the podcast episode that I did. Um, but now I kind of feel like I also have the time to sort of respond and kind of get into a dialogue a little bit back and forth with some of the people who are listening. And so I've really kind of enjoyed that process. I, I, I really do uh, think that that's one of the benefits of having a, a slightly smaller podcast, you know, a podcast that isn't, um, you know, quite as large as, um, you know, some of the others that are out there. So um, I'm actually pretty happy with how the growth has been. It's been just kind of slow and steady. And that's been really gratifying and great to see. Um, 
the podcast format has been pretty consistent, I feel, over the past two years. There's been some changes um, that were made last year after the State of the Podcast episode. And one of those was uh, I added in that sort of year in review segment um, to kind of talk about games uh, from a particular year, you know, when I start a show. And a lot of people have responded very well to that. They, they really seem to enjoy that kind of exploration, um, you know, quick little two, three-minute reviews of games. And what I kind of originally intended to be a little 10-minute kind of filler, you know, to start an episode has turned into, uh, you know, a 35-minute 30, uh, segment um, as we examine a particular year with a guest. And that's been really interesting. I've been very happy that people have received that very well. Um, my problem with it is, is I don't know how much longer I can keep it around. I'm kind of hitting like a wall of, you know, the games that I have experience with. And unless I have Joe Huber and Eric Brocious on every single episode, I think I'm going to rapidly reach a point where I can't really have anything. I, I don't. You know, I won't have anything intelligent to say about a particular year of games, except for maybe one or two titles. So, I, I'm going to continue that. I'm, I'm not abandoning it, but it's going to start to become a little bit more um, hit and miss as I find guests who, oh yeah, 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 I remember games from that year, and yeah, let's talk about it. Or uh, guests like a, uh, I had in an upcoming episode uh, about uh, Marvel Legendary that a gentleman wanted to record with me, and he's like, I don't know any games from those years, and, and I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, eh, I don't know any from this year really that much either, so maybe we should just skip that for this episode. And I'll wait until the next time I talk with Joe and Eric. Um, all kidding aside, though, that is a finite idea. As I've kind of you know worked my way backwards through history, uh, looking at board games, so I don't know that that's going to be able to stick around. Uh, but it was something that I really enjoyed doing, and it, you know it might be something that I can try to do in another sort of format uh, in the future. For example. Um, you know, I know that there was, uh, you know, the idea in other podcasts of a sort of an old game spotlight, and I don't really want to kind of be that derivative, but uh, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe uh, I could start to explore um, another idea that has been suggested and that, that I've been kind of percolating uh, in my head here is the idea of maybe doing uh, a segment at the start of the show that would kind of uh, look at something across games. So for example, looking at, you know, worker placement games in general, or uh, the sort of evolution of that kind of style of game, or looking at like all the Mac Gertz Rondell games and, and sort of, you know, taking a peek at those and how, how that mechanism has, um, you know, either stayed the same or evolved over time or, you know, what makes it unique or uh, take a look at auction games, you know, because to me, a game like Homesteaders is vastly different than a game like Ra. So, you know, there's all of these different things that I thought maybe could be done uh, with a guest uh, at the start of a show to kind of replace that idea of let's take a look at a year in review. So I think that's something that I may do in the future. The next thing that's kind of been added uh, in the second half of this year, or maybe even just the last third of this year, has been a new game review. Uh, new game reviews have uh, popped up for a couple of different reasons. Uh, number one, because I do sometimes receive um, new games from publishers. Not many, but there are some out there who uh, will send me their games. I'm very grateful to them. And I kind of feel like, okay, well, if they're going to give me a new game, here's my problem. 
I can wait until I've played that game 10, 15, 20 times, or however many times that I feel I need to have played it. There's no hard and fast number before I can really talk about it intelligently or find a guest who has played the game enough that they can kind of talk about it with me, um, or I can start to do game reviews. And, you know, I know that the brand of the Longview is taking a look at an older game or a game that has been played a lot. Um, and so this kind of is slightly counterintuitive to the brand. So rather than try and, and quick, quick, quick play a game a lot of times with my play group, with my wife, or, or whatever, so that I can do a, a long view on it, which I still feel is, is valid, that's still something that can be done, I decided that you know usually by the time I've been able to do that, play a game that much, so that I feel like I can do a long view episode on it, the service to the board game community at large has been filled by many other people, many other people with a much larger uh, larger audience than I have when it comes to getting word about a new game out there to people and giving them some idea of what the game experience might be like. So it's kind of difficult for me to you know, say to a publisher, yeah, yeah, send me your game, send me your game, and, and then you're going to have to wait like two, three months you know, for, for me to do um, a review. And uh, yeah, I know that you know Joel and Tom and and you know other people, Ryan Metzler, will have already done reviews, um, and that initial buzz may have faded. And so maybe you know my review will give you a little bump. You know, no, no, <laughs> they're not really interested in that. They would really like a review much more quickly than that. So I, in order to kind of satisfy that, um, and also try to provide. Uh, some reviews of newer things for people who might be interested in newer games who still, like me, love older games, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do a review segment. And so part of the impetus for that has been what I feel to be my obligation to people who send me a game that they would like me to review. Because in general, if I do a review, it's probably going to be fairly positive. Uh, I don't believe in, um, you know, trashing so I mean I trashed Quarriers that was a game that I that I really trashed on and I had a lot of doubts about Kingdom Builder but I don't I don't feel that I trashed it in in my episode I I had a really good discussion with it um you know about it rather with Martin um I don't really like trashing games so generally if there's something out there and and you know you don't hear me saying anything about it it's probably because it's not a game that I particularly enjoy or like um and there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, I kind of feel like if someone is going to send me their product and I like their product, I feel totally fine about um, endorsing, I guess in some ways, that product by saying, you know, this is what I think. If someone sends me their product and I don't like it, I think it's junky, um, then I kind of think, okay, well, uh, as a consumer, I didn't spend my money on it. It was a gift. It was sent to me for review purposes. I didn't invest any of my hard-earned cash in it. So for me to turn around and trash that um, on the air would be as bad as someone giving me a gift in my family and me just looking right at them and telling them how much I think it stinks. I, I really just am uncomfortable with that. I'm much less uncomfortable with it if I've spent my money on it. So if it's, a, it's, if it's a game that I've purchased, I don't really have a problem with that. But if it's a game that someone has sent to me, 
you know, I try to keep in mind that this was someone's kind of um, love and joy. This was their project. This is what they believed in. Um, not just the publisher, but the designer, the artist. I mean, everybody who had a hand in that. And since I've been working on a game design myself, I know how devastating it can be when people give you really harsh feedback. I mean, I've received great feedback about the game that I've been developing, but I've also received some that was really particularly kind of devastating. You know, just and it, 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 I'm telling you, people, it can it can be as small as two words. Um, you know, that, that uh, kid could kind of be like, wow, I can't believe somebody said that. And uh, it's hard not to be personally invested in your own creation. And so I'm mindful of that when I try to do reviews. Uh, I'll talk about things that bother me. I'll talk about things that I have questions about. But to just sit there and outright trash something is not really in my wheelhouse. It's not something I enjoy all that much. Um, and honestly, I think that kind of negativity, uh, I, I got a lot of feedback on that Couriers episode, you know, from people who uh, really just felt that uh, it was mean-spirited. And I don't like to be thought of as mean-spirited. So um, all that is to say that if a publisher sends me a game and I really enjoy it or I think it's a good game or I think it's solid, I'm going to tell you about it. If something is sent to me that I think is really, really bad, I'm probably not going to say anything about it. And, you know, that's kind of, that silence should probably be taken as my opinion about, you know, that particular thing. So um, I hope that uh, that kind of illustrates where I'm coming from when it comes to that sticky question of what do you do, you know, how can you trust someone and their reviews when they're being provided with a game for free. I mean, this has been brought up about Tom Vassell. This has been brought up about Joel. This has been brought up about every reviewer is, you know, are you turning into a shill, you know, for this company or that company because they're giving you free stuff. Um, and and I, I won't deny it if, you know, you receive a game from a publisher. Um, I always try to let people know that this was a game that I received from a publisher for free uh, as a review copy so that they can take that into consideration, you know, and say, okay, I'm going to take this review maybe with a grain of salt or be a little more critical about it. Um, you know, no one gave me a copy of Power Grid. Uh, I've had that game in my collection for years, you know, so uh, anything that I say about that, I think people would just automatically trust, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, no problem. This is what this dude thinks of this game. But as soon as that free thing kind of pops in there, then people start to have questions. So that is kind of my philosophy. That's kind of my deal with reviewing. If I'm sent something, I will always let you know. I will then tell you what I think of it. And if I, you know, don't talk about something on an episode, if I don't talk about a game, then, you know, that's probably because I, I didn't like it. And that's kind of strange as I sit here and say that to you and try to try to verbalize like what my policy is as far as reviews go. Because you might be sitting there thinking to yourself, well, how do I know? You know, you didn't like such and such a game, you know, like let's pick a game that everybody knows I like, uh, something like Mage Knight. Well, how will I know you don't like Mage Knight? Because you're not mentioning that you received Mage Knight and that you decided not to review it because you think it's a pile of trash, which I don't, by the way. I love Mage Knight. But so that's a really valid point. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is if you put any stock in my opinion at all about games, um, just listen to the reviews that I do offer at the end uh, of the show. Um, and, you know, uh, take it for what it's worth at that point. Uh, I also am going to continue in that new review segment to try as best as I can to involve my guest 
in that review because then it's not just me and my opinion, it's also my guest. So a perfect uh, example of that would be the review of 1862, which actually I had no experience with. So it was kind of like it was Eric's mini review. And, you know, I was totally fine with that. So uh, it won't always be my review. It, it might be, but it also could be a guest review. So that has gone over very well. People really seem to have responded uh, to that. And I haven't really got any negative feedback about it. I put it at the tail end of the episode so that if there are people out there who are listeners of The Long View and they only want The Long View, they're not really interested in a new game review, well, then they don't have to listen to it. And they just kind of shut it off then uh, as they're getting off the treadmill or, uh, you know, uh, select another podcast uh, on their MP3 player in their car or on their commute or, you know, whatever it may be. And uh, everybody seems to be pretty happy with that. So uh, I'm good with that as well. So I think that's a good summary of kind of what has changed from the previous year uh, in the podcast and what it is that, uh, you know, the format changes that were made and the, and the new features that were put out there and how I feel that those have kind of gone over. So uh, now we kind of move on to the what's new, you know, what what is it that might be coming down uh, the pipeline for the next year? Well, the first thing is, is that I think there will be another year. Um, I have been very lucky to uh, meet a lot of really great people, uh, people that uh, I have recorded with over and over and over, uh, but also new people, you know, people that I have never recorded with before, uh, but had a great time with and really kind of feel that they could be a voice on the show, uh, returning guests. I really like to have returning guests because... Not only do we get to talk about great games, but I get to develop a relationship with those people uh, on some level. You know, I, I get to know them a little bit. I get to know their taste. I get to know their sense of humor. I get to know uh, the things that I can expect from them and the questions that I can ask them. And that makes it much more interesting for me personally and much more enjoyable for me because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, as many podcasters and video reviewers will tell you, you know, while we do get the occasional game sent to us in the mail, which is really nice, uh, I'm not minimizing that in any way, we all basically do this because we love games. So, you know, it's it's not our day job. Uh, it's not what we do for a living. And so it really is just something we do for, the, you know, the, the enjoyment of it. And for me, the reward is talking to people and meeting people that I otherwise would not have uh, met. Uh, I recorded an episode uh, with uh, Yaroon uh, Vandervalk, who has been a listener and a subscriber for ages, and had a, just a really good time talking with him. And, you know, now I kind of feel like I know a dude in the Netherlands, you know, and that's that's kind of interesting. It's fun for me. It's really exciting. And uh, getting to, to meet new people and talk with them is always really enjoyable for me. And it's, it's probably my biggest perk um, of doing the show. I will be honest with you, you know, there's many times that I get to do a recording because it's usually late at night and after a long day at work, um, you know, with the kids in the classroom and I'm just a little burnout and I don't really want to talk. I mean, I talk all day for a living. It's like, hey, you know, I don't want to do this. And sometimes I get a little, you know, I get a little stuck and I'm like, uh, I don't want to do it. And the funny thing is, is that as soon as I start recording, as soon as I start talking with somebody, 
um, it energizes me. You know, I, I feel refreshed and uh, it's, there's just something about talking with people, whether they're uh, kind of like old friends that I've had on the podcast or whether they're new people I'm just meeting that really invigorates and, and makes me feel uh, really kind of refreshed. And uh, I, as I'm recording, I'll, I'll be sitting there thinking to myself sometimes, I'll be like, wow, you know, I'm glad I, glad I did this. I'm glad I didn't, you know, back out. Um, you know, not that I, I generally ever back out on anybody, but um, yeah, you know, it, 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 I kind of am like, I'm glad I did it. You know, I'm glad I'm still doing it. Uh, there are times when I kind of feel a little tired of, of all of the kind of work that goes into it. Um, but, you know, generally, boy, once I start recording with someone, I really end up having a great time. So um, I think, that, you know, definitely going to do another year. So that much is is in the bank. As far as what's new for the show, I'm I'm not really sure. You know, I talked a little bit about the opening segment and what I think I may change there. I think I'm going to keep the review segment at the end. A lot of the goals for the podcast for me this year are going to be personal goals. They're going to be goals of trying to grow the brand. Uh, through using Facebook and Twitter. Um, I've been using Twitter a whole lot more than Facebook. Twitter is just easier for me to kind of access and real quick type something in and communicate with people out there. And I've, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of new Twitter followers and Facebook followers, um, but mostly Twitter followers from the supporter drive uh, that ended. And, uh, you know, that that was really gratifying uh, to see that, and it's been fun. Uh, it's especially fun because then people will sometimes dialogue back with me, and that's been kind of neat. So one of the personal goals is to continue to try and grow the brand and grow the podcast. Um, the other personal goal is for me to try to improve my craft. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, I really am even reluctant to say this because then that will be all that you notice. But that'll be okay because that'll help me move towards my goal, which is I say um an awful lot. I say you know constantly, constantly, constantly. You know, you know, you know, you know. Ay, I hate that. Um, these are vocal tics. These are things that I do. And I do that, I think, because I'm a teacher and there is usually a expectation of a constant stream of words coming from me when I am teaching direct instruction, when I'm actually talking with the kids. If I put in a lot of pauses to eliminate the ums, the uhs, the you knows, the likes, the things of that nature, all of these little vocal tics that everybody has, everybody has some kind of vocal tics, the Concern is that then people stop listening. Now, with an adult audience like I am talking with right now, I don't think that's much of an issue. Um, I know Mark Johnson. I know, um, in particular, Donald Dennis. Uh, Donald Dennis does not shy. He's not shy about pauses. He's okay with leaving some pauses there in his podcast as he is thinking about what it is that he wants to say. I tend to, uh, to speak in a much more stream of consciousness kind of way, and that can be a mixed blessing. Uh, it works, now see right there, I was just about to say, uh, again. It works because it keeps the conversation flowing. However, it can be annoying when I'm listening to myself, when I'm editing, and I'm hearing all of these vocal tics. So I think what I'm going to try to do is focus a little bit more on that this year and improve my radio voice, if we want to call it that. Uh, I, I want to improve the way I am communicating with the audience. But 
At the same time, I don't want to slow my rate of speech down so much that people begin to sort of nod off or fall asleep or lose their attention. I think that I need to trust my guests a little bit more in that people are listening, I know, at least as much, if not more, for the guest than they are for me. And that was hard for me to take at first, to be honest with you. Um, But I've kind of grown to accept that over time, and that's okay. When I'm giving a review or when I'm talking, uh, people are listening to me. But, of course, people are going to be interested to hear what Eric Brocious has to say about this or what Mark Johnson has to say about Entecker. Um, It's an episode that's being released um, when? Hmm. Uh, probably next week. And it's his favorite game. And anybody that knows Mark knows that. And it was a real pleasure to talk to him. And he's actually one of the reasons why I started thinking about this, because he speaks so smoothly. Also had the opportunity to record the Circus Train episode uh, with Gordon Pushner. And he also just had a, a beautiful kind of speaking voice and was just able to speak continuously without all of the vocal tics. And I don't know how people do that, but it is a goal of mine. So uh, I hope that you're going to be patient with me as I try to work through that and become more aware of it. And I'm hoping that my focusing on exactly how it is that I'm expressing myself doesn't derail all of my trains of thought and cut down on maybe some of the the ideas that I kind of wanted to get out or express or something of that nature. So uh, more on that later. So that's that's another personal goal of mine for the podcast. Uh, Finally, for me, as far as personal goals go, is whether or not to make any kind of move into video or make any kind of move into a YouTube presence Joel Eddy was kind enough to ask me to be on his drive-thru live not too long ago, and we did an episode together about board game media, about reviews and podcasts and uh, video uh, podcasters and and reviewers and um, kind of all the way up to tabletop and, and more slick kind of production value sort of stuff and where we kind of saw board game media going. So if you didn't have the chance to listen to that, I would strongly encourage you to go over and uh, you know take a take a listen. That was on Joel's Drive Through Live uh, through Joel Eddy's uh, Drive Through Reviews YouTube channel, and so we had a conversation about that, and that was a lot of fun having the chance to talk with him. But it was also really painful for me because I am not particularly comfortable in front of a camera. Not my favorite thing to do. And yet I know that if I want to reach an even larger audience, if I make a move towards videos, that is going to really have a large impact. It's going to really grow the brand. So I'm really torn about this, whether or not I want to make any kind of a move into video or not. Now, I don't think I would ever go away from the podcast. So, you know, for those of you who are out there listening and maybe going, no, I told you I listened to you on the commute. (laughs) That's fine. I'm not planning on ever going away from the podcasting part of it, the audio podcasting, because that's what I'm most comfortable with. The real question for me is, do I want to also, in addition, make a move into more video uh, kinds of things? You know, would I want to take the new game review section out of the podcast and start to move towards doing video reviews? And, and there's a large part of me that really doesn't want to do that. And that's for two reasons. Number one, 
I am now one of about 50,000 other people who are doing video reviews. So unless, uh, as Joel and I were talking about, I have something new to bring to the table, unless I have some new twist, some new angle, something that's going to be distinctive, why? You know, why do it? Why add myself to the mix of people who are already out there, people who've been doing it longer than I have, people who are better at it than I am? You know, you think about people like Joel and Tom and Ryan and Lance and, you know, all of these people who do video reviews all the time. They're known and they're trusted, and there's a reason for that. It's because they've been doing it for a long time, and they have a uh, earned reputation for doing video reviews. For me to move into that, I think I don't know, man. I just I don't I don't see that happening. But that being said, the experience I had with Joel um, doing his drive-through live was was fun. Uh, you know, as, as uncomfortable as it was for me to see myself on video. I enjoyed that whole thing. I enjoyed the live nature of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so I could see myself doing more of that, where maybe perhaps I could get my YouTube channel up and going, and instead of just doing an audio podcast with my guest, I could do it over YouTube. And the the thing about that that's attractive to me is, as Joel and I were recording, people were typing in and and making comments and asking questions and sort of uh, helping to direct the conversation towards things that they wanted to talk about. And I think that's really, that's neat. Um, That sort of idea of allowing the audience who might be listening at that time to actively participate instead of just passively participate in the podcast uh, by listening to it, I think that would be really neat. So if I move in that direction, it's probably going to be more towards that uh, and and not towards the, well, I'm going to start doing video reviews now because... I don't know that I'm going to be serving anybody by doing that, and it's going to be taking me a a huge amount of time. That's reason number two. I said there were two reasons why I didn't see myself doing that. And the amount of time that Joel and and Tom and others must spend on editing and preparing their videos for release and upload and all that fun stuff is probably more time than I have and more time than I'm willing to invest. Right now, I have a very challenging job as a teacher. Uh, anybody who's out there who is a teacher knows what I'm talking about. Despite what you might hear on television or from news reports, uh, any teacher who is trying, uh, which, by the way, is is the vast majority of us, uh, there's a lot, a lot of work. There's a lot of work that uh, is done after hours, whether that is planning, whether that is searching for resources, whether that's creating resources, whether that is uh, grading. There's already a lot of outside work. This is work that I either have to do first thing in the morning, um, you know, before I go to work, or it's work I have to do at night after the kids are asleep, or it's work that I have to do, unfortunately, when I get home. And so, that the demands of the day job really don't allow me time to do video reviews, I don't think, unless I'm going to take time away from my family. And honestly, I'm not particularly interested in doing that. I generally take a night away from my family, uh, you know, once every couple of weeks as I record. And I'm totally fine with that. You know, for me to kind of, there's lots of guys that go out for a poker night, or there's lots of guys that go out and, and do something away from their family for, you know, uh, a night uh, every week or, or every couple of weeks. And so I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But if it starts to encroach more on the time that I have to spend with my kids and my wife and my family, mm, I just don't know that I'm willing to do that, to be honest with you. Um, 
it's something that that I kind of feel very strongly about. So knowing what it's going to take to get into video reviewing and the time effort uh, and the uh, time commitment, I guess more than time effort, I don't even know what that means, the time commitment that that would take, I don't think I'm going to be able to pull that off. So, But I am very interested in exploring video, maybe more in that sort of drive-through live model uh, that Joel has been sort of showing uh, showing me the ropes about. And so that's something that I may try and take a look at and do a long view live every once in a while. Um, you know, I love the alliteration of long view live. It's just you know kind of a fun idea. So that's something that may be coming down the pipe. Uh, I may try and do that a few times during the next year and just see how people respond to it, see how people like it. Um, you know, my audience is is a, a smaller audience, and a lot of people have written in and indicated that, you know, they listen to this show on their commute, or they listen while they're working out, or, or you know, when they're doing something else. You know, I listen to most of my podcasts, to be honest with you, when I'm cleaning the kitchen. Uh, I have a deal with my wife, which is she does the cooking, and I do the cleaning. So, she cooks us, uh, you know, a meal every night. Uh, God bless her for, you know, years and years and years and years. And I kind of feel like, well, if she is doing the cooking, I should do the cleaning. So uh, every night while I'm cleaning the dishes and scrubbing the pots and doing all that fun stuff, uh, I have a podcast on. And that's what I do. It, it, it makes it enjoyable for me. Uh, it's not a chore. You know, I get to sort of listen and uh, laugh along and, and uh, hear about a new game or something I'm interested in while I'm doing the dishes. And uh, so that, that's when I listen to podcast. So I'm saying all that because I don't know how many people would even tune in to a Longview Live. So, you know, I think I'm going to maybe test the waters with that if I can uh, bother Joel enough to kind of show me more of the ropes and figure out how to get a YouTube channel up and running because uh, I think Joel said, you know, there's a certain amount of videos you have to have uploaded before um, YouTube will accept longer video. There's all kinds of stuff going on that I have no idea uh, how to do. So, I'll probably try and pick his brain at some point this year and get something uh, up and rolling, um, you know, perhaps on YouTube. So uh, that's kind of what I see as the changes, not real drastic changes for this year. Um, most of the things that I added last year, I'm very comfortable with, but I'm looking, you know, at maybe changing the intro segment as I get into leaner and leaner years for uh, year and review segments. And I'm going to continue to do new game reviews at the end. And I will always identify, you know, when it's a game that I have bought, or I will identify when it's a, you know, a game that was sent to me by a publisher so that everybody understands and can make their own value judgment about, you know, how much they think they want to trust, you know, my opinion about that game. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that I answered a lot of those questions earlier when I talked kind of in depth about my kind of views as a reviewer and, and you know, what you can expect from me. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot more uh, for me to even say other than thank you very much to all of you out there uh, who listen. So I started off the show with a, a really grateful acknowledgement of Thor, and I'd like to end the show uh, today with a grateful acknowledgement uh, to those of you out there who listen. Uh, I am stunned and amazed when I look at my feed burner account page and it tells me what my item views are by country you know i have 
so many listeners from Australia. I, I don't, you know, the, the long view seems to resonate with Australians. And I, I love that. You know, I, I have tons of people who listen from Australia. And I have uh, listeners from Germany and Sweden and, uh, and Norway and the Netherlands and England. Lots of, you know, listeners from England. Lots from the U.S. A bunch of Canadians, you know. Um, I just, there's so many people uh, from all over the world who listen to the show. And there's something about that that's just amazing to me. You know, why I'm sitting here in, you know, my basement game room in rural Pennsylvania in the United States recording a little podcast on my computer with my cool handy-dandy blue snowball microphone and people out there all over the world are listening. And I'm very, very grateful for the fact that people listen (laughs) because I know sometimes it looks as though my students would rather not listen to me. So I can only imagine that, you know, there are people out there who really don't want to listen to me. And so I'm very grateful for the people who do tune in and listen. And I'm very aware that you listen, not uh, solely for me, of course, but that you're listening for the great contributions of my guests. And because my guests, are my listeners, thanking them is one and the same thing. You know, I have people who regularly volunteer to do the show, and, and I think people don't understand that, I, and, and that's why I wanted to highlight this. You know, my listeners are also my contributors, and I think this podcast would get very old very quickly for a lot of people if it was just me all the time. And yet I have a really active group of people who listen to the show who are willing and able and actually seem excited about, you know, oh, I love this game and I'd love to do a long view. Would you be interested? And I'm like, sure. You know, I'm happy to do it, you know. Um, And it's very flattering to me when people are like, you know, wow, you know, I'm really excited about being on the long view. And I'm like, that's really nice of you to say, man, but I'm just a dude sitting in Pennsylvania in my basement game room recording a podcast. I'm not really anybody. Um, but thank you so much. It's really flattering. I'm just as excited to talk to you as you are to be on the show. And so it's a really nice kind of uh, a place to be, you know, because I'm excited to meet somebody new or I'm excited to talk to an old friend and they're excited because they're getting to talk about a game and they're, they, maybe it's the first time they've ever been on a podcast or, you know, or, or they've been on podcasts before, but this is the first time they're getting to talk about a game they love. Um, I remember talking with Mark Johnson for, uh, back and forth through geek mails, you know, just for like a year about Entdecker. And he kind of kept saying to me, well, I don't know how many people would want to hear about Entdecker. You know, it's my favorite game, but who's going to want to hear about Entdecker? And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if it's a game you're passionate about, if it's a game that you're excited about, if it's your favorite game of all time, I want to hear about it. I want to hear why it's your favorite game. And if I want to hear it, then I think other people might want to hear it too. And that's the really neat thing about uh, the podcast. It's the really neat thing about the brand. And it's the really neat thing about the people who listen. So for all of you out there who listen, for all of you out there who listen and you know write in and say, hey, can I talk about this game on the show? I just want to let you know that the greatest pleasure that I get from the podcast is not the occasional game that's sent to me. Uh, It's not any kind of recognition. Um, It's getting to meet new people 
and talk about great games, learn about great games. You know, people need to understand that while I love to be able to contribute to a discussion and challenge my guest uh, over a game that they're talking about and uh, really try to dig deep and figure out what's great about a game, uh, you know, like I did uh, with, you know, Circus Train, uh, with Gordon, or, you know, Android Netrunner, or, or what have you, it's also awesome for me to be able to do an episode about a game that I don't know very well. You know, when I did the War of the Ring episode, for example, that was only the second time that I played that game. And yet I love that episode. And I love that experience because Stephen and Chad talking about the game, they had such a deep knowledge of the game that it really kind of uh, was a great opportunity for me to learn through them and to listen to them talk about why they think the game is so awesome really was exciting for me. So, uh, you know, this is why I really appreciate uh, the, the listeners of the long view and I appreciate their willingness to dive in there. You know, there's a lot of people who either just, you know, don't have the time or they're not comfortable. And I've been really fortunate to have a lot of people come forward. And and I, I'm really stressing this point because you have to understand for people who are out there and saying, you know, hey, I like the long view. You know, I, I love that. I mean, of course, because it's 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 flattering and it's wonderful that people enjoy and appreciate what we're doing. But at the same time, you have to understand if the well over goes dry, then the show will either turn into the Jeff Gamble show of what Jeff Gamble thinks about games, or the show will go away altogether. And uh, because of how I feel about meeting new people and talking to people, the show would probably just go away. So I know that sounds like a veiled threat. <laughs> it's not. It's just, it's just a statement of fact, which is I, I need people like you to come forward. And they have been. They've been coming forward every time I'm just about out of episodes. Every time I'm just about down to nothing in the queue and I start thinking about like, oh, man, you know, what, what am I going to do an episode about? Who's what? I'll get a geek mail. And someone will say, hey. I really would like to do, you know, a show about this game. Or I will post uh, a notice in the forums in the Longview Guild, and I'll say, I was thinking about maybe doing an episode about this game. Does anybody want to talk about it? That's where Gordon came in. And all of a sudden, it's like, yep, I'll do it. And, you know, that's how I met Eric and Joe. Eric had started up a thread saying... These are games I think, you know, I would love to hear about on the long view. And, you know, Race for the Galaxy was like top on his list. And I kind of geek mailed him back. I'm like, how about you? <laughs> and, you know, he and Joe Huber were like, sure, why not? And so, you know, they really didn't have any experience, um, but they were totally willing to dive into the mix and try things out. And I think it's been a, a great fun getting to know those two guys. And I think now they're like totally comfortable and totally ready to do episodes. You know, they've already got some plan for the future. You know, Joe, I know really wants to do one on Catan. And how could I do the long view and not do, a, you know, an episode about the settlers of Catan, you know, so that one's coming down the pipeline from uh, Joe and Eric. And it's, it's because of them and them reaching out and them being willing to come on the show and all the other people who've been here multiple times, you know, I think of Justin Nordstrom and Joel Eddy, um, so many people who've been on and people that I want to have on again, people like Trent Ham, you know, a lot of great people have stepped up and helped me keep the show going. And it's their voices, I think, that help keep the show fresh. So that's pretty much how, you know, I want to end things here today, even though I said, you know, again, see, there it is, it drives me crazy. I wanted to end this 
podcast episode for the state of the podcast in 2014 with a grateful acknowledgement to uh, all of the listeners and the people who contribute to the show on a regular basis and new voices out there, people like Gordon, people like Yaroon, um, you know, people who I have not had the chance to record with more than once. Uh, I'm grateful that they came forward at all. I look forward to working with them maybe again in the future. And it's always great to talk with old friends who've been on the podcast many, many times. And finally, um, while I'm thanking people, I do want to, again, uh, thank Joel Eddy. Uh, I don't know that the Longview would be here without Joel Eddy. And it's not because, uh, it's not just because he hosts the podcast. It's because of all of the advice, the encouragement, uh, all of the things that he's done um, over the past two years of this podcast. I think we're just about at two years now. Crazy. Um, you know, he has been a mentor. Uh, even though he's younger than me, which, you know, I, I'm always, you know, teasing him about. It's like, how can you be a mentor if you're younger than me? That's not the way that's supposed to work. I'm older, you know, I'm supposed to be mentoring you, young man, but it doesn't work that way. Um, he's got a great sense of humor, very even keeled. If you know Joel at all through his reviews, he's exactly in person on the phone when I talk with him. I can't say in person, sadly, because I haven't had the chance to, to meet up with him yet, but on the phone and, and when he's not you know on, when he's not doing a review, he's the same guy that you see. And that's something that I really respect and really enjoy about Joel. You know, what, what you see with Joel is what you get. You get someone who is thoughtful. You get someone who really considers what they say. You get someone who's creative. You get someone who uh, cares about what they're doing and who uh, is willing to take the time to help other people. So uh, I want to say thank you to him uh, at the end of this episode here uh, because he really was instrumental not only in getting the show started and and hosting the show and doing all that grunt work for me, but he's been on the show, uh, as I like to tease him about so many times. Um, you know, he's He's probably the, the, the most frequent contributor. Um, there's a few nipping at his heels there, you know, Justin and, and Eric and uh, uh, Joe. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Joel will continue to be on the show so that uh, he can maintain his title as most frequent guest. So uh, special thanks out there to Joel as well. So that is the state of the podcast for the year 2014. Thank you very much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you more in the coming year.